What up, though? This is Pop Culture 223, a podcast where we talk about firearms, the Second Amendment, gear, and the culture. Get it popping with us on this journey. Let's go. What up, though, everybody? This is the Pop Culture Two to Three Podcast. Um, this is the beginning of season two. We ended season one a couple weeks ago, but this is season two. So we popping off with two new gentlemen. Um, I'm appreciative that they was able to show up today. I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. My auntie, the I ain't gonna say her name on here. You know, she 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 too famous already. But she put me on to some people she said I need to talk to, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Yes, um, and tell me, I want you to tell the audience a little bit about what you do, where you come from, um, and yeah, that's about it. So, uh, Chip, I'm going to let you go first, and then y- your, your bro can go next. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for the opportunity for being here today. Uh, moving forward, my name is Donald A.G., but everyone knows me as Chip. I'm a former city councilman of the city of Ecorse which um, I've been living in that Down River area, which that's Rouge, Ecorse, and Southwest Detroit. Been born and raised in the area forever. Um, I've been working with politicians, um, law enforcement, mm-hmm. and the community as far as trying to better their community. And my family, I have a family business that's been there since 1955, which is the uh, famous shoe shop on Visigal Road, which now I operate and I uh, mentor kids that throughout the years coming in and work and Teach them life skills about life and and also trying to keep them wearing some good shoes on their feet. <laughs> Stink pink gators, my Detroit player. Pass <laughs> them the hooligans of Brooklyn. Right, right. Yes. Oh, uh, also, don't mean to interrupt, KJ, but we uh, got a different pad here too, man. Oh, that's, God, see, that's a demotion. Yeah, that's, that was a technical difficulty. That's, a 50, that's 50 cents off yeah, the payment. Yeah, that was a technical mark. difficulty there, but we still got, you know, claps and a few things if you really want. You ain't got, I got it on me? No, man. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, man. All right. I'm sorry. I, I meant to ask you about that. I should have, but yeah. you know. Yeah. But go ahead. All right. My name's uh, John Tate. Actually, Jonathan Tate, but everyone calls me John. Um, can I call you Big Tate? You can call me Big Tate. Cause you look like a Big Tate. <laughs> big Tate. Big Tate. Hey, I go down. I'm like, where Big Tate at? Right. Who? JT. Don't Tate at all. I don't know who Big JT is. But yeah, born and raised um, in River Rouge. I've actually lived in Ecorse and Southwest Detroit as well. Um, actually, was a former school board member in River Rouge. Okay. Um, my big thing is service. I actually currently work in law enforcement uh, for the past ten years, and um, before that, it was a uh, juvenile justice. You know, work with troubled youth. Uh, well, I say misguided youth mm. um, because kids pretty much do what they've been taught. Mm-hmm. Or not, you know, but so that's that's pretty much what I do. I'm a proud father, two teenage young brothers, and you love them dearly, you know, spend a lot of time with my brother right here to, to my right. And, um, you know, we always talk about how we can do things better, how we can serve, you know, so that's, I'm really, we're really big on that. Okay. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. So if anybody wanted, like, just, 
paying attention or watching. So like the BMF series, that's that's the like the down river area. Statehood. That's 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 kinda like the area where all that's being taped and shown. That's that's kinda where we from. I grew up. I'm a little generation behind them. <laughs> I'm behind them a little bit, but I also grew up out there, man. Like I said, that community has always been like family. Like you, you walk outside, you do something bad, you may get your ass whooped all the way up and down the street. That's what it used to be. Everybody know, you know everybody. Fourth of yeah. I can remember yeah. out there, Fourth of July. They'd even block off the street, just the neighborhood blocked off the street. Mm -hmm. And we had fireworks all up and down the whole area. You didn't have to go downtown Detroit Waterfront. You just go out there to eat course, the rules, and just walk outside. Somebody had a box. Somebody drove to Ohio, Somebody. the city limits, and dropped it. Hey, man, we got these fireworks, these fireworks from Ohio. Somebody had that bag, and we had to pick it up. Everybody mm -hmm. contributed, got in. And, and got them fireworks. So mm -hmm. I, I remember the good old days, man. But now I drive out there sometimes, just like, man, it's a little depressing. But uh, how long were you on city council, Chip? Seven years. Seven years. Seven good years with the city of Ecorse. Um, and like you said, it was wonderful years in the, in the past, and that's what I was trying to do, bring to the uh, future because I see that a lot of things have changed. And it, it changed in the way, but I know the, it's, the whole world has changed, first of all. Let me right. say that. I'm not just going to blame it on Ecorse and Root and Southwest that changed. It just a, it's a different culture out there, and you know when me and my brother we sitting in the shoe shop trying to talk to the young folks, let them that it's not okay to go to jail. They think that's cool, right? You know they, they want to walk around packing guns. I'm like, what you packing a gun for? Right. Get a job, right? You know just trying to change the atmosphere and really renew another mind because we trying to change that mindset for our young young men that's out there. Because I know uh, Big Taste said you know misguided youth, so you know he took that you know. We'll go elaborate on that a little bit more. Um, the thing is, is when children are born, they're blank slates. Mm -hmm. They they come here with with no expectations. With they come here ignorant. They don't have a a clue of what to do or even what to know. Mm -hmm. It's our job as the the elders in the village to guide them in the way they should go. So I don't say bad kids i don't say you know that's why i had to correct myself saying trouble i mean we all had trouble in some form or fashion in life but they're misguided you know i had a guy one day we were at the basketball court and a younger kid asked him he was an adult he's older than me he said man why didn't you go to college and play basketball he said because somebody fronted me some dope Mm. So he went to the streets instead of, and this guy's a phenomenal, talented guy, mm. you know, that could play basketball, sing, dance, Truth. cut hair, but, you know, somebody fronted him some dope, so he right. went in the street. So right. when I say misguided, you know, it's the adults or the elders in the village right. responsibility to guide the children in the way they should go are you. So we can blame everybody else, but we got to <laughs> look in the mirror first. So I'm gonna flip this back on you, uh, Chip. So when you was a city council, how's it? How important is it to be out there in the city? Um, to, you know, in the city, you know, talking to your constituents, making them feel safe in a community where it's a lot of violence. Like, how important is it to get out there? Because you may see people come out there just to get the vote and then bounce, and then you may not see them no more. You may not hear them until is is election time. Especially in our community, especially how close. E-cores and how small, uh, comparative to like Detroit, 
Like, how is it important to go out there and actually communicate, shake hands, and kiss babies out there in the community? Man, I'm so glad you asked that question because it's so important because you have some people that's run for these positions and just come out there just for election time. You won't see them no more. Mm -hmm. Me, I'm born and raised out there. So people knew me, knew my family, knew my friends. So I have a better relationship with folks. And if we have issues, they'll come to me. Right. And, and when you sit on those panels on the board, you have a voice to be heard. You can you can maybe request more police officer to, you know, to get things done. Like, you know, we had uh, the sheriffs come in and try to back up some of our police officers. Uh, also, um, Wayne County, you know, came out there too as well to give us more uh, police presence because, you know, nowadays you don't have a lot of police presence, and that's right. that's an issue. Because, like, people don't even want to be police officers no more. So and, it's, it, and it's hard. It's the pay scale or whatever. And then I seen the other day, like, I don't know, Detroit police officers, somebody – came up and shot the car up or they got in a shootout the guy mm. would just like walk by and just start spraying or something mm. like that i didn't i didn't read into it but nowadays you know it's hard to get police officers to come you know be police because it's, it's a lot of you know inherited it's a lot of danger out there it's a lot of danger and like you said it is a lot, uh, a lot of kids don't want to be police officers you know because mm -hmm. what we saw on the news or with the cameras now you see what mm -hmm. the, some of these officers did but that's not all officers right. i know some good brothers right. out there that's Same. protecting and serving our communities you got some that did some bad things, but the guys that I know that now, we getting old. Mm -hmm. You can't walk the beat no more, man. We 40 <laughs> right. years old. You can't right. talk about chasing someone 20 years old. Right. You, it ain't going to happen. Right. It ain't going to happen. Me and talk about that now. We, You got to get them youth in there to, to be police officers. So you got to change that mindset and change the image of police officers. And can we do that? That's going to be tough. That's gonna be tough. So, how, so how hard is it to to crack the the the, the code to, with the old heads to trying to get um, new and improved stuff out there or evolve the city, especially because I know Rouge is. I went to the I went to the well Rouge and Ecorse got new high schools, but you know Rouge they want to stay championship the football team. Everybody want to go right. to Rouge. Everybody from the west 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 want to go <laughs> all the way to Rouge now. Nah. East side too. East side. I know when, when we used to play. I was from Borges. When we used to play Ecorse. And rules, I was like, oh, that's light work. We about to go, I'm about to go put up 40. What? Football was like, hey, we about to put up 60. You know what I'm saying? Like rules, we didn't. I don't think we play. I don't think we play rules. But as far as basketball, we was Bishop Borges and rules. It was a conflict. It was only like two years because one of our kids transferred from Borges to Rouge. Um, Dewey's Henderson, so it was just that little kind of like Dude. Stone and them. We yeah. know Stone, I know Stone and them. They yeah, know me. Small coach. Yeah, they we know them. So, um, but like. How is it? How, is it hard to get like um, like new things going on out there? Like the old heads to see the newer ways for the new folks. <laughs> well, <laughs> why you look at Big Tate? Because <laughs> no, he was on the school board, and me being on the council. And then you know, we we kind of go off the years when we was playing ball out there. And then, like you said, you had a lot of these kids coming from different communities. Mm -hmm. They're not homegrown like we were. Mm -hmm. We was homegrown. His family was my family. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, it, 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 and I do remember Duez. Duez, great, great player. And I remember when he came on board, and I was thinking that, because actually I was uh, an assistant coach at that time. And I said, wow, oh, they got a new kid. Uh, uh, I think we used to say something like, um, from out of bounds. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But he was a big fella. So, yeah. I was like, we're going to win this. We good. Right, we right, winning. Right. Uh, and the great Brent Darby. Oh, yes. Know, rest in peace, cuz. Yeah, Brent, Brent Darby. That's family. Yeah. Sure enough. Sure enough. Now let me ask you guys this: Were you guys both serving those uh, those positions at the same time? We, you know, you were on the school board while you were in council. Actually, I was um, on the school board first. Okay. And then um, 
my brother decided he wanted to run for city council. Okay. You know so that I was actually, we were actually able to bounce ideas and things off of each there other. You, you know, because I jumped off in there first. And then, you know, when he My came brother right on, here. That's what I'm talking about. You know, so again, we learned so much working together. Right. We can do more right together. So, I yeah, that's know. what happened. Yeah. Exactly what happened. Like-minded people, man. Like yeah. just just putting gr great like-minded. First of all, great black like-minded brothers coming together and pushing, changing the narrative. Right. That's Absolutely. it. That's it. So, so take tell me your your what you do in your little you know day to day, so we can get an understanding. My day to day, I, I work with convicted felons, mm -hmm. you know, uh, under community supervision. So, um, what I do is. Um, we work in partnership with um, local, state, and federal agencies hmm. um, to supervise, you know, convicted felons who were highly assaultive or violent, you know, backgrounds. Okay. And um, you basically work with them to make sure they try to get job training, you know, equipment for job, certain jobs. Hmm. Um, if they want to go to school, you know, um, skill trades, um, employment. And you guys help out with all of that. Right. Okay. We help out with all of that. So, um, you know, I love what I do, you know, because a lot of people don't want to work with people who are labeled convicted felons. Right. You know, for me, it's it's like being in my neighborhood and trying to help people out. Right. You know, so, and I look at it different because a lot of the people that I serve look just like me. Mm -hmm. So I, I take it more personal. It's a, it's a labor of love versus a job. Got you. And, and just to add to that, I, I'm glad you went that direction because I was just about to ask you this. That's something similar. Two-part question, more or less. Do you also deal with juveniles? And secondly, have you ever had a person that you're trying to you know, help rehabilitate that literally may have gone back off the rail and then it kind of hurt you, to, you know, no, you mean not to the core, but like you kind of, you know, on a personal level, like, dang, I really wish this brother or this sister would have, you know, been able to get themselves together, but they back in the system type of thing. Have you ever had something like that happen? So um, to answer your first question, I used to work with juvenile, okay. uh, juvenile offenders, you know, people, you know, that were kind of wayward, mm -hmm. you know, you wayward or misguided. Right. You. Um, I did that actually back around 20, about 20 years ago. Okay. Um, that was, uh, that was challenging because I could pour all this stuff into them, but they're going back home right. to their dysfunctional environment. Right. You know, but for me, it was still, my mom told me, she said, if you help one kid, you've done your job. There you go. If it takes 20 years, you've done your job. And I was able to see certain kids, you know, turn the corner. So that kind of fueled working with adults, you know, which is um, what I work with now. I've seen uh, time and time again, you know, people that had so much potential, mm -hmm. you know, super intelligent, super talented, and they just, excuse me, a lot of it is environment, you know, and the mindset, you know, because, yeah, growing up under the poverty line, you know, in my situation, I still had a village, mm -hmm. whether it was a drunk at the liquor store or a neighbor down the street, somebody or a big cousin, or uncle, always has somebody saying, hey, don't go there, go this way. Mm -hmm. You know, or go, keep working, like keep a job, keep, you know, going to school. You know, so I had that. So 
I'm I'm the product of a village. Got you. And um, I've had so many situations with people where it's like, man, I can lay out a blueprint for them, and all they got to do is follow the blueprint with the resources available. But they're going. They want, you know, the the alternative route. And unfortunately, I can think of like one situation where a guy, you know, he got an opportunity really to be under community supervision versus going to prison. Mm. And when I looked at his offense and everything, I was like, yeah, they probably going to send him to prison, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I told him to his face. I said, man, you have a golden opportunity to turn your life around. Mm -hmm. So for a while, he was on point. You know, he was working. He was staying out the way. He got some transportation. And then started drinking. Mm. And same environment. You know, and it just snowballed in the wrong direction. Right. And, you know, fortunate, unfortunately, he lost his life. Mm. You know, but he had the potential. He had the opportunity. Right. You know, but you have to take full advantage of the resources and the opportunities because if you don't, right, what's the alternative? The alternative is, you know, sitting in the prison for all day or life mm-hmm. or it costs you your life. Right. I got, I got a question to go back to a little bit of juvenile. When you were dealing with in the juvenile situation, how many of those situations you went into that the father wasn't present? I would say 99%. Dang. Hmm. And the ones that did, you seen the big dramatic. When the, when the family structure <coughs> was there, you seen you seen a dramatic or change. You could see change happening. I did. I did. Uh, one kid that I think of uh, in particular um, he had a mother and a father and a, you know, good village. And um, sweet kid, and his name escapes me, but um, this guy actually was skipping school because his friend was getting abused physically by his mom's boyfriend. Mm. So when you had poor attendance or you had, you know, some adjudications or got in trouble with the law, you know, you ended up coming by me, right. you know, in the juvenile justice program. <laughs> but the kid had a solid foundation, like, as far as his family. So, long story short, you know, me, him, and his mom sat down. His dad spoke on the phone, and I said, what's going on? Why are you missing so much school? He said, I got to make sure my my homeboy has food, like breakfast, mm-hmm. and I give him money to catch the bus to go to school. Mm-hmm. So I said, man, where do you know where he live at? Give me his, you know, I need his name, right. his phone number. So he did all that. I got CPS involved. Right. Kids started coming to school every day. He was merely missing school to help help his friend. And then his friend, you know, ended up on point, you know. So, but he had a solid foundation as far as his family structure. Mm -hmm. Mother and father involved, siblings, you know, aunts, uncles, like everything. And that makes a world of difference. And even if you don't have blood relatives. Sometimes, and I see it with Chip all the time, you know, and I'm put his business out there, he doesn't have children of his own, but he's mentored Mm -hmm. and tried to school so many. Right. And by him being, may not even be in blood relatives with those kids, you know, the fact of the matter is, is he's in the village and he's a part of it and he's active. He's a part of their family. He's available. 
You know, what's up? They say it take a village, right, to raise the kids. So, right. like when I was coaching um, on the West Side in Brightmore, uh, West Side Broncos, and I said this before, like we was out there to coach football, but you know, them kids, them mamas, drop them kids off and they bounce. Mm-hmm. So now we gotta pay for kids, you know what I'm saying, to play. We see the situation, they may be coming to the field with torn up you know, shoes or mm-hmm. this, this, and this. So it came more of a coaching, uh, just coaching football to mentoring these kids, trying to keep these kids safe for a couple hours right. because they didn't want to go back to the hood, to the house they was on, and we had to feed the kids. Right. And we had, it was just, it was more, but I became like, okay, that was my little bro- those was my little son. Those was my little nephews. You know what I'm saying? Like right. even to this day, they call me and I can help or point them in a direction. I'm gonna give them game. <laughs> now if they take it and apply it, that's on them. But I let my I let them know I'm available to you. You know what I'm saying? So I I definitely know where you coming from. Like I was out there for almost 16, 17 years, and it was like this is more than football. Exactly. Giving back to my neighborhood, giving back to where I came from, because the coaches that was out there put so much into me. Back then, it was like every coach was a sheriff or a DPD officer. Mm-hmm. So it was a presence of police officers there. Now, out there, it's... It's kind of scarce. It's, it's kind of scarce. It's, the game has changed as far as how these kids, you know, it's, it's, that's that's another subject. But um, go ahead, Chad. I know you wanted to As, as men, young black men, it's our job to reach, reach one, teach one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, we we gonna help. We gonna be held accountable. That's why it's so important to. If you see a kid do something wrong, we know how to approach that young mm-hmm. fella. You know, hey, brother, come on, mm-hmm. man. That, you can you, you could be better than that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, people will be scared to say something to the kid because they they they, they the, uh, of the backlash they gonna get. But you cannot be scared of them, and they looking for love, man. Mm-hmm. They lacking love in this community. All our mm-hmm. community, all the, and like you said. That may not be our child biologically, but that's our that's our son right. and my daughters, regardless. Right, and then like that's our, well, y'all know my family. Yeah. Grandma had sixteen, <laughs> seventeen people, kids coming out that door. It was feed everybody on the block. I I didn't know who they be like. You know such. I'm like no, I don't remember them. Uh, grandma <laughs> fed. Okay, that's what grandma did. You know what I'm saying? It was it was one of those um, Sunday. You know Sunday at church. Got to church. Go to grandma. We went to more like. My mom still go. Oh, she, yes. was, she was in more like the day. <laughs> My auntie went to Mount Zion. I was there too, Reverend Barlow. Uh, you so. see them church, them the churches that was a big pillar in the community coming up. Hey, don't don't worry about it. You go know ahead and talk, talk all, to all that. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Uh, Barlow was a big mentor, and right. my grandfather right. come in and uh, shoe shop and talk about what we're gonna do for the community. Then mm. my uncle John Gordy, rest in peace. He was at Gordy Memorial, mm-hmm. and so they—that was they thing because they grew up out there. Right. So they—they they had the love for the community. Right. And I hate to say it, but some has lost that vision and 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 don't have that uh, togetherness with the community. You yeah. Th- things have changed. So talk a little bit about the the. You called yourself. What was your? T- I mean. Yeah. A shoe engineer? What did you call? What you call yourself? <laughs> I heard you saying, I was like, it caught me off guard. I was like, wait a minute. The, the proper way you say the shoe cobbler. See, I'm a. I work for uh, Economy Shoe Repair. That's the family business, Economy okay. Shoe Repair. So we fix shoes as far as resoling the shoe. Mm. We save souls, literally and physically. Mm-hmm. We saving souls in there. We trying okay. to teach them about the Word of God, everything. Okay. But uh, women heels. Uh, we cut them down. We uh, 
resold the rear bottoms of um of the Louboutins shoes that these ladies have, and they walk on them and they scratch them up. Mm-hmm. I put the rear sole back on them. So you um, hear that, ladies? Or you got some? You right. found some Louis sitting somewhere or some rear bottoms? <laughs> right. Holla at Chip. He gonna yeah. fix them for you. Right, right yeah. there on Five Seven Nine Visigoth Road in the city of Ecorse, which has been there like I said since 1955, and my grandfather has hired a lot of people in Rouge, Ecorse, and that Southwest Detroit area has come through there. And they come through there today and say, man, your granddaddy gave me my first job. People, I never, think about 70. Talking about you, granddaddy gave me your first job. That's what's hey, up. I got some Gucci's I got to get redone because I'm not about to buy another pair. What about sneakers, man? Y'all do sneakers too? Or is it certain sneakers? I'm glad you asked that because sneakers, um, I'm a sneaker head. I had a young guy by the name Marcel and um, we was doing sneakers. Mm-hmm. But when he came on board, it just took it to another level. Mm. This is what he do. Okay. I mean, the inside the shoe, the bottom of the sole of the okay. shoe, Oh, so y'all do, so y'all do sneakers yes, out there? Yes, oh, okay. yes, 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 we do it. Yes, we do it. I'm going to get all this information so I can post it in and, the and, comments so right. y'all can go check him out. And them, right. and them sneakers, is, is, you know, you got the Dior shoes, you oh, got yeah. the uh, Yeezys, you know, people oh, yeah. dropping them in. You figure some of these sh- folks paying from 300 to to $1,000 for some gym shoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> man, come on. Come on, man. You know you bought some gators. You know, you walk yeah. in with Gucci's on today. Now, see. And see, I'm stuck in the old school because I, as a kid, I said, now, in my time, I'd rather walk in with some Gators instead of some Jordans. Right. But no, they going to a job interview and some J's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's insane. The Jordan 1s. Right. <laughs> hey, I can't wait to go to conference with some Jordan 1s. Pat, Pat Leather 11s. Pat, Pat Leather 11s. Right, right, right. 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 Yeah. He's a sneaker. He still be buying them. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know? Easter this past. Hey, Remember, hey, Mama, hey, you take I you keep, to the store. Low, man. I, I got on some... Some some Greek freaks right now on a special edition. That's uh, I, I, I'm a, that's why I asked. I'm a sneakerhead. I you know. Hey, I asked my mom. I say, Mom, we going to East. We going to Easter shop and get them lizards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gonna go man. get them lizards, oh, bad. man. Hey, but I got a question, Chip. Yes, sir. Um, uh, Tate, when you, cause I, like, how do you assess the? Is it a is it a uh, a level like uh, one, two, or three when you assess the threat level? Like when the, when you put somebody back in the community or like you, your day to day with that uh you know on your job and but do you let take like do you let a chip know like look you know I got this situation over here do y'all do you kind of like give them a heads up like hey well um I'm technically not in his area okay. as far as my like my um <coughs> your region area, area. my region that okay. I work in okay but um as far as threat levels yeah those are assessed um. Pretty much in what's called the PSI stage, pre-sentence investigation. So when someone is convicted of a felony or they, they, you know, going through the court process, part of the process is the PSI, which is the pre-sentence investigation. It's an actual report. And then there are assessments also that, you know, allow us to figure out what someone's threat level is, you know, to the community or uh, supervision level. So, you know, you may have somebody... Who's um, who's maximum? You may have somebody that's minimum or medium. You know, it just depends on, you know, the nature of the crime and you know their criminal background and things of that nature. So it's a it's a it's a process. You know, you don't just look at them and say, "Yeah, you're a big dude. We gonna put you on max." <laughs> you know, just because <laughs> of the way you look. You know, so it is a process. So how much training do you go through to assess like somebody's mental? stability or where you at mentally do they do they give you the tools you need to do your job like you know i am i am thoroughly trained and then um 
you know, my minor um, in undergrad was psychology. Mm. So a lot of the stuff that I learned in, in college, you know, and I read, you know, so I pay attention to, you know, signs, you know, because mm -hmm. if somebody, if you pay attention to people, mm -hmm. you'll be able to tell if they're having a good day or a bad day by right. looking in their eyes. Right. You know, and then no matter how agitated someone may be, I always keep a professional calm tone because what happens naturally, they'll start mm -hmm. to calm down. Mm -hmm. So um, I do, I get annual training, you know, um, you know, as far as certain signs to look for in people and aware, being aware of certain, uh, you know, mental diagnoses like, you know, schizophrenic, bipolar, mm -hmm. you know, things of that nature. Or, you know, again, just someone who may be depressed or just having a tough time or a bad moment or a bad year. Right. You know, so I just, you know, I just try to be professional with it because I, I am trained, so I can't make that excuse that I'm not trained. But also pay attention to people because, again, what I do is to serve people in my profession. Law enforcement isn't just enforcing the laws. <coughs> the other part of it is public safety. Mm -hmm. That's it. Amen. Hey Say it again. Public safety. Public safety. Yes, sir. So I don't. This is came to mind. So I don't know if, like, when you see a, a boyfriend that's supposed to be on the PPO or whatever, then he get out and then he go kill his girlfriend or whatever that situation. Do you be like, man, somebody dropped the ball on that one, on him, cause, cause he wasn't processed right, or he, or he just got some just went through the cracks, or you know what I'm saying? Cause I didn't seen it too many times that she, they made made a claim he supposed to be locked up, but then he get out and then he do some do some harm to them. From from my experience, um, it's it's two things that come to mind. One, um, the system is perfect, but it's imperfect. When I say perfect, I mean as far as, you know, the the ideology of, you know, rules and regulations, mm. you know, um, to because you have to have it. Right. You know, otherwise it's just wild, wild west. Right. You know, so the ideologies and the makeup of the system, I think, is, is great in that sense. The, um, the imperfect side of the system is you have human error. Mm. You have um, people that may not take the time or even have the time to make a proper assessment, making a decision between remanding somebody or letting them out on bond. And then last but not least, you have a lot of people um, who don't follow up in domestic violence situations as far as the court part. Mm. Like, I, I give an example. Um, I got, me and my buddy got shot at. I used to wear Cartier glasses, and we were out walking just for lunch on our break. And um, long story short, you know, they caught the guys because, you know, I'm a car guy, so I described the car to the police, and my buddy had um, memorized a license plate because they were circling, mm -hmm. you know, because you could feel when something's not right. Right. And we decided early in the game that we would never miss any court date or procedures. So what happened is, you know, we saw the case all the way through and the shooter got locked up in prison. So what happens in domestic violence situations is 
you know, one day it's he jumped on me or she jumped on me because it does happen. Yeah, it does. And then the next day it's like, oh, we're cool. But the police part, the police report has been filed and you call the police mm-hmm. and then they took him into custody. But people don't follow through and they don't cooperate with law enforcement. So it's like I've seen people come in and out of court and they say case dismissed because we don't have any witnesses. Mm-hmm. And I and I want to clarify this because I, I think that some people have this twisted. When people say no snitching, no snitching is Chip and I robbed a bank. I get caught and I say, well, Chip was with me. That's snitching. Oh, yeah, that's snitching, right. bro. We were both dead wrong. That's straight right. dry snitching, but hey, you know. <laughs> but I'm going to hey, tell you this. You know. If you bother me to keep from, you know, harming you, I'm going to call the police. Right. If you do something to me, you steal my car. Right. right. You slap me. Right. I'm calling the police. Right. And that's just that's just me being real so that. No, that's but 100%. I had to just put that out there because I think people get it twisted yeah, I was about gonna, cooperating with law enforcement. I, I was going to ask that question. Uh, I mean, I was going to kind of clarify that too. But do you are you able to carry? Yes. So um, because of my, actually that situation where I got shot at for my glasses, Right after that, I jumped into a CPL class because I was paranoid. Mm. And every time I took the trash out, I was in the mall, you know, going to the bathroom, I had my pistol with me. So at the time, I wasn't working in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Mm. But um, now in law enforcement, I carry for my job and I also carry, you know, personally. What you carry for your job? Uh, for my job, we have Glock 19. It's 9 millimeter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got that gleepy Glock. Yeah, I like it. I like <laughs> not, it. Smooth. Smooth. Not chip. So, like, when you're talking about that um, situation, when you got a constituency, when you was in the city council, that's coming like, look, we got this issue over there. We got to handle it. It's a violent situation. How hard is it to get? Like, do you get people to come with you all the time? Like, I need you to fix this, this, and this. No, and you don't this. do it. You don't do it. Well, you ain't, you, ain't, you ain't for me. You ain't for us. You know what I'm saying? Man, you get that a lot. They When then people elect you, they're expecting to change and think people think change happens overnight and it doesn't. You figure this stuff been going on for years and then they expect that you to be play God. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you really don't have the answers to the black on black crime. But I think we do have the answer. Meaning that, like you said, the snitching thing, a lot of times they see who killed Ray Ray and Pookie. Mm-hmm. But they said they're not going to tell because they know the family. But this is your man that you was right. in the car with. Right. Make it make sense to me, fellas. Right. Y'all don't want to say nothing. Right. And then the police can't solve a case because they only can go off what they what they have. Mm-hmm. They they after the crime scene, they they are late. They don't know. <coughs> so we don't say nothing. That's why it hurts my heart when they be like, well, the police ain't doing their job. How can they do their jobs if y'all right. not helping them? Y'all not helping them or giving the intel that they need. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's crazy, man. Now, now just kind of going with that theme a little bit, but also – more on the political side as far as, uh, like you said, being city council. Yes. You know, a lot of people, I understand the politics side of it. You know, a lot of people don't understand this. So just to kind of help clarify this for people. You get a lot of people that will run on, on a ticket or run on an issue and they got this issue they want to fix and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this. And like you said, everybody thinks that you're God and you can just come in and just, boom, you know, clean slate, snap a finger and everything's done. But realistically, those are the things you want to do. 
but in real in, in reality, how many of those things can you actually really get done? Let's say you got about four or five things that you're like, hey, I'm going to do this in the community, I'm going to do this, and I, my plan is to do that. How many of those things, because of the whole, you know, everything, can you really push through or really get done? Let me. Do, I'm going to speak from my point of view. That's what, that's what we want, yeah. My point of view, I think when you have that type of power and leadership of that community, you can make a change. There we go. It's if, it's if you got to have a vision, first of all. You got to see things before you see it. Right. A lot of times they don't. Then sometimes I'm thinking, like, do they really want the community to change? Right. But it depends what community you're in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like now in our community, we have speed bumps. Mm-hmm. That's not in Bloomfield Hills. Right. Man, we I got license plates readers. People, mm-hmm. like I'm telling the business now. They got little sticks, uh, poles they put up with, with they like it's oh, solar yeah. panels. Oh, yeah. Those are license plate readers. Oh, yeah. Those don't happen in other communities, man. Oh, yeah. So when I sit on the board, it's the mayor, the council, um, state rep, uh, Congress. Yeah, I think things can be done. They can be done by better police presence. First mm-hmm. of all, people know it's so crazy because people know when the police officers get off work. Mm-hmm. They know what time they're going to circle the block. Shift change. And it, yep. You still have people in, in some areas still stand on, stand on the corner with the 80s mentality of selling mm-hmm. crack cocaine, mm-hmm. which now we all know that it, the crack is whack now because what they say is more um, fentanyl put in it. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of people been been passing away now, fentanyl overdose, right. but they're not right. talking about it. Right. But, I mean, as politicians, yes, we can. We can make an impact, but we just got to. Had that on our agenda. There we go. So how, you know, because when you look at it, the mainstream uh, votes, I mean, uh, how important is the city council votes and getting people in city council votes more important than, like, the presidency and all that other stuff? Especially because you're in your community or whatever. That's it. That's a good one. That's a good one. The city council is important because that's your community. Mm -hmm. That's your home. Mm Mm-hmm. You control what goes on in your community. Mm-hmm. I know. He know what goes on in our community that we born and raised there. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's very important. That's why it's really important to have people in place that knows that community and has mm-hmm. the same vision of trying to change instead of just sitting on a panel saying yes to everything. Right, right. No, you have to say no. And I, and I do understand it's, it's a give and take. Mm-hmm. Some things you don't want to pass, like new housing. I, at first, I didn't want to pass, but I know we needed new housing. But I was like, okay, what if we change the 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 people who comes back, switch the uh, uh, tenants. Mm. We can't have the same right. uh, tenants come back because you're going to have the same mess. Right. And what happened is they got a, they got an area over there they call Murder Island. Mm. But there's new mm. housing, bro. There's new housing over there. Mm. Really? Someone said it to me tomorrow, Murder Island. They say, I say, what? I said, that's what y'all call it? But, yes, there has been a lot of shootings over there. New housing, new development, beautiful. It's like beautifying the, the projects and making them look more update instead of the old rundowns mm-hmm. like we used to in the yeah. 80s and 90s, and now they just beautify, but it's still the project. It's the, yeah, yeah the, the, the mindset. Yeah. You know. put new siding on it, call right. it the project. Right. Man, and it looks good right. over there. But Give it brought, a whole new name, so instead of it being a project, so-and-so's uh, mm-hmm. housing development. Corktown. Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> What's Corktown? Ain't that old cast corridor? <laughs> Man. It's, it's that over in, 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 in that area. Yeah, but politicians have to really get on their jobs and, and really have the, the agenda for the community and be for the people. Don't yeah. talk that talk saying you're for the people, but your action showing something totally different. Right. You have to get out. I feed, my, me and my church, we feed uh, people. We know we know it's a need to feed the community. Mm-hmm. So then you have to get deeper than that. 
Why you need to be fed? What's what's going on? Mental illness? We know that's a, we know that's a big topic right. right there. Right. You know. Yeah. So, you, and this is just me. Well, because like I said, I was talking to you earlier. We had the, like the Erica's Big Day book um, that uh, teaches kids how to teach kid how to maneuver around unsecured firearms. But it was always pushed back with like the communities. And I'm talking to like some city council members. The moment I mentioned. Like, uh, I say, every time I talk to people, it's like firearm. I mentioned the firearm, right? So I'm like, look, we got this curriculum that helps kids in how to navigate around unsecured firearms. We teach gun safety. The moment they hear, like, gun or in a conversation, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to let you talk to such, 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 such. And then I don't ever get a call back. You know what I'm saying? Like, is like what's who's who's the gatekeeper to talk to about that? You know what I'm saying? Like to get it into this, especially in like, like, cause I was really trying to get it not like all over, but like in E-Course and down river, because it was a small knit community. Right. We can, I could start there, you know, start moving up so people can see what we're doing. Um, like, but I just kept getting the runaround. Well, first thing you need to get up, you gotta get involved with someone who cares. So you can reach out to some of the council members, but just know that the council has so many things going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you who can play a big part, in my opinion, mm-hmm. the churches. Mm-hmm. The churches has a big congregation that can really say, okay, we can ha- hold um, meetings about firearms and safety. Gun safety. Because it, 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 it's, it's real out here. Right. Oh, yeah. It's and real in the field for sure. It, man, for sure. Yeah. And a lot of times people buying these weapons is, is not really concerned about the safety mechanism. When right. I went to um, a training, I went to sat in the class, which I know. Some people don't have to sit in a class. I sat in like right. a two-day class, and, and he you're told supposed us. to. Yeah, 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 hey, that part you're supposed to. <laughs> that part, right? <laughs> you know, learn the safety of it first. That was my first concern was right. safety because mm-hmm. I didn't want to shoot my own self. Right. And then also I wanted to have it locked up just in case someone was to get the ups on you. And I'm pretty sure people have more than one firearm. You know what I mean? But the safety is so important. But uh, that's something that really it. Like guys like me, like me and him now, we can really push stuff like that to teach the gun safety because it's so important for our community. Right. So you know, Whitmore, you know, she posed the uh, the gun safety, yes. big Gretch. But so this is a a vault a Vaultic safe. Now I bought this like four. I had this probably for like five six years. Fancy. But hey, it's 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 great though, right? <laughs> That's um, a good one though. So it's, good it's a good safe, right? So my thing was look, I'm a responsible armed citizen. So I first time I I bought a firearm, I bought a safe. It was a, a metal one. I think I bought it from Harbor Freight or something. It was yeah, just like, a little like wacky. Twenty thirty dollars. Twenty to thirty dollars, but. <laughs> They I, work, though. I carry, oh, yeah. I carry my firearm all the time. So when I'm, you know, at home or sleep or whatever or, you know, kids, somebody's just in the house or whatever, I take it up, lock it up. You know, so usually I carry my firearm 24-7. It's, ne- it's never off of me at all. Mm-hmm. But anytime that I do um, take it off, I put it in the safe. Now, I just ain't understand how, but we was talking, like, now if you, if a kid gets a hold of a firearm, like, this is the bill that's proposed. That I think she signed off on it. If the kid get a hold of a firearm, and he hurts himself. It's five years. Five years and five thousand. Five years and five thousand. Now, if he kills the gun out of, his, you know, gets a hold of a firearm and kills himself or kills somebody else, it's fifteen years. Fifteen, I believe it's fifteen thousand. Yeah, fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand or ten thousand, but I know it's up there. But you know, I was asking you about. It. I was like, well, why? Why do I? If I'm a responsible armed citizen, why do I need to be told I need to go get a safe or some secure? But go ahead, go ahead, Chip. 
you are responsible. Right. But you got others out there not. Like you sure. said something about earlier, we said something about some people have to be put on Punish- punishment. Yeah, punishment. Mm-hmm. I like that what you said. That was on point. It right. is. And Tate probably can, you know, touch better on that, but it's something some people just gotta get gotta get that slap on the you wrist. Get that spanking, I understand. <laughs> I, it just I was just like, listen, right. man, look, this was two hundred dollars. I think it was two hundred dollars. I got it from Fire uh, Uncoil Firearms right there on Middle Belt, the homies. But you know, it's 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 hard. You can shake it, break. You can't get into this thing unless you got the number, right? And you say how much that cost? Two hundred dollars. Now see, that's a fancy one. Nah, like you said, you get one cheaper if someone if someone say I can't afford it. So it's really no excuse. You can get one for twenty dollars. Matter of fact, some places give them for free. Yeah, because they have the one with the with the string go through it. Right. Every every time you buy a new firearm, you 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 got to you have to you have to actually sign a paper saying that you received the lock that comes with it. They have Mm -hmm. to give it to you. Absolutely. Even as an I think now, even as an individual, like a person-to-person uh, sale, you don't have to. But anytime you get it from a store, it has you have to. They have to give you some type of locking me- mechanism with it, though. Yeah. So, <laughs> the bear gonna love this one. Hey, hey, Tate. <laughs> hey, Tate. Watch this. Watch this. Hey, Tate. What was your first gun you bought? My first. <laughs> Pistol was a high point nine millimeter. My man, see so, somebody that understands that you can't always no, just come nah. out the gate with that hot stuff, man. Sometimes yeah, what gun? What was your first firearm you bought? Please say something not about high point. I looked at the high point, but I just ain't want to be a hot point, <laughs> so I didn't get that. I want Smith and Wesson, man, three fifty seven. Let me. Ooh, he went. He went super many. hot. He went super Let me explain hot. something. For one, one, one second, Every, you, you everybody know, that me, buys a high point always got an explanation. You only uh, explain it to KJ. Listen. I understand, brother. Let's go ahead. I, I do have an explanation. I have two children, and I'm single at the time. For one, so my crumb snatcher snatched the crumbs before they hit the floor. There you go. And parents, fathers especially, know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. For one, I got you. For two, I went with something that I could afford at the time because I was fresh off of getting shot at, and I was paranoid. I was scared to death. So you, need, you need I couldn't afford quick. at the time a four five hundred dollar pistol. You know what I did was I went and got that pistol for about one hundred seventy dollars. And I still have it. You still got it. And it's still works. Vintage. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, it works until hey, it don't. That's ain't a different ball game for me because I don't have mine. Hey. <laughs> so what would you upgrade to? So I have an FN 40 cal. Okay. Now, so, uh, and, too, shooting. <laughs> but you know what I did? True story. Um, I went to a, a gun shop in Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not a paid spokesperson, so I'm got not going to put them out there. But got you. Um, I found a... Slightly used. There you go. And I bought it for like maybe three hundred dollars. And I have not had any problems or jams out of it whatsoever. Yeah, Everhurstall is a is a great brand. And that's the and so and that's something we haven't touched on. Maybe we can do a segment on used guns. But that's the thing that a lot of people, especially like in our community, don't realize that like guns are not like cars. No. You know, you put miles on a car. The more you know, it depreciates. You know, what I'm saying the breakdown of it, so forth, so forth, so forth. Guns are not like that. You have to put so many rounds, which the average person is not gonna shoot Absolutely. through. Absolutely. Even me and him are even probably gonna put enough no. through for it to be like, oh man, this this worn out. I need to get a new one. It's not like that. Use gun market is probably your best bet when you're a, a new shooter mm-hmm. or just looking for something in particular because you're gonna get basically a great functioning gun 
for like maybe not half, but a quarter of the cost. Right. And it'll last you for as long as you want to keep it until you decide you want something different. But even then, I would still go use market. Some things that you do want new. Uh, okay. You know. I, I, I'm gonna what's, what's, I'm gonna put a little stamp or something on it. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say if you buy this used firearm, it's gonna have to be a used Glock, Smith and Wesson. FN or SIG. I'm not I mean, buying I mean, nothing else I mean, after you, that. I mean, definitely something quality, but that's but that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I'm not going to buy, I'm, even back then, not having it. I'm not going to buy a used high point no. versus the new. But my point is, like you said, you can get those same quality guns for way less than what it is. Like, right. prime example, uh, my Glock 19. I got a Gen 5. But when the Gen 5 came out, it was brand new. And because it was brand new, it was like 6650 Just so happened to be at a gun shop on the east side. And... It was on the used side, and I said, "Wait a minute!" I'm like, "Dog, that's a, that's the, that's brand new. Why is it on the used side?" The guy had literally—I guess they got a customer that does this. He came in there, bought it brand new, only ran through like four mags, legit. That's it, and then brought it back. Wow. So literally, it wasn't even broke in. It wasn't broken in at and all. I got it for way less than six hundred. Mm-hmm. So I got basically a brand new Glock 19 with everything on it. it I mean, it was so clean, like. You could tell it didn't have no powder, no no nothing on the mags. And, you know, the new the new ones got the orange followers, so you would think nothing. It was right. just brand. I'm like, if you say so, bro, this look new to me. So if you want me to pay you so, used prices, cool. So you know, take can't go wrong with that. Yeah, hey, price is right. And then you know they certified too. They they right. They not gonna sell you like a hoofy. Someone ain't gonna tell you the that's battery dead that, and that's what I'm it's retagged yeah. and stuff like that. That's what well, I'm I, I, you know what? I was I was in there. I was at Uncoil Firearms. I seen like six people come in and sell their firearms, and I was like, wow. And these were like some of them were women that had kids, and some had issues at home they had to get rid of it. And I was just like, wow. These are some you know me being you know training and shooting. I understood. Um, do y'all? But. Since y'all carry, do y'all how many times uh, a month y'all may shoot just personal? Go I, ahead, take. Go ahead, take. I actually um, I shoot about two times a year. I don't shoot monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'll do dry fires from time to time. Okay. You know, just sitting around. You know, and I obviously learn how to take my pistol apart, clean it, and oil it, and put it back mm-hmm. together. I do that for fun, just randomly. But I shoot twice a year formally. Cause I have to shoot for work, mm-hmm. and then just you know just to shoot. But the dry fire, honestly, has been one of my biggest helps. You mm-hmm. know, in terms. So you doing I something? I, I was gonna get. You're, on, you're I'm gonna get still on y'all. Some type of training, I'm gonna get on right? y'all. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> what about you, Chip? You know what? For me, I try to do it once a month. I was trying to do it really to be truthful with you, because um, some of these places have like good specials during the week. Mm-hmm. I probably do it like every other month. And um, me and my cousins, we, we would go, and I try to teach her the gun safety, and then tell her to get. The, the, the the safety block box and also I told her what your guy told me invest in a safe yep. that's important and see really no one had never told me about that a safe mm-hmm. but that's really important mm-hmm. get you a safe now I know you you carry the church right do the, the, all the deacons carry firearms or some of them no not all of them not all of them, not all of them. okay do y'all promote more more deacons to get them no 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 you just leave it up because you know because everybody's not really into firearms, right? So it's like like they choice, right? You know, some that maybe it was a police officer or a line of work I did. You know, uh, we'll carry. Okay, but you know, police officers at these mega churches, you know, they carrying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. They got you know. Hollow got... be thy name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. They carrying hollow be thy name. Hollow be thy name. I like that. I like that. 
I like that. that, that pun, pun intended. I, I right. like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you, I guess, you know, I just, just promote more more of us getting out. And um, actually, we talked about this last week about if you buy a firearm, at least try to get out like once a week or twice a month. Something. Just start off with doing something because it gets you more familiar with your firearm. Mm-hmm. It gets you more comfortable with it. I know life, things happen. You may not have time. But right. if you have a firearm, you need to just bust it a couple times a, a month. Now, I ain't say you got to jump down that rabbit hole say, like say, me. Say knock the dust off that like boy. Dust, right. like, get, get that hollow be that name out there. You have to. You know what I'm saying? Get, you know, I ain't saying you got to jump down the rabbit hole like me and Ryan. You know, we out here shooting, training, and, and whatever, whatever. I just, right. to me, it just, it's like a getaway. You know what yeah, I'm saying? It's, absolutely. Uh, yeah. For me, it, that's what it is. Um, so, but you know what was funny? Not funny. I was talking to this dude, uh, Preston. Um, he was from three, P3 Tactical. And it's in Georgia, um, Washington. It's in Washington, Georgia, Wilkinson County. They do a tact. It's called Tactical Games. It's mm. called Sixteen Sixty Three Tactical. Think I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's name Preston. I kicked it with him because you know we we do competitions. So mm-hmm. I was just like, hey, what's this about? So it's I think it's a two day. It's out in it's out in <laughs> it's Georgia. Two day event. Yeah. So it's they got four hundred and fifty private acres mm-hmm. that they train on. So it's two days, they got stages, and you can go out there in teams of four to six and do like different scenarios where like um, you got individual competitions, you got um, uh, team competitions, but you have to go through scenarios and they score by points. I don't know if y'all familiar with competition shooting as far as like IDPA and USP. Yeah, my so, cousin from Texas taught me about that. Right, right. So it's teams of four and six, um, but I was just like, man, they got 450 acres of private land. Yeah. And yeah. it's like team, you can put your own team in it, but just to get groups together to go out there and train and just do work on like any of the, like just say something happens, scenarios, I ain't gonna say end of the world, but whatever, just go out there and train. I just thought it was cool. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I called him and kicked it about it. <laughs> We supposed to do an IG live later on uh, next week about more right. about what's going on. But I was I was intrigued because we shoot competition. Um, so do we got the invite? Yeah, that's what I'm waiting on. I'm waiting to hear. Now listen, he says invite only, but you got to run around in the dark. You gonna get you know it's hot. It's in Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's in uh, September, October. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna find out more information about it. Okay. So. You know, if you got a team of four or six, somebody got to know how to stop the bleed. Somebody, you know, like they, it's mission orientated. Gotcha. So we get the mission. We got to, we got to get it I'm going and get it out there. So it's like paintball. Like they had the mazes and it's, stuff. It's, paint, it's paintball extreme. extreme. Oh, okay. So you're out there with live rounds. Yeah. You're out there with live bullets. It ain't no. Um, you're not shooting at each other now. You're not shooting at each other. You're shooting at the target. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, <laughs> they give you a plan. They shoot at the target. You go on there and you get scored accordingly, right? Wow. And you get scored on points hitting on targets. You also get scored on tactical. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever your mission was, I guess, how much time and did you do it right or whatever, whatever. But I'm going to find out more information. I was just intrigued that it was a group out there. It was like-minded brothers mm-hmm. and sisters out there training at that level of uh, training. Wow. Like, we do some here. It's called ACTS. It's called American Confederation of Tactical Shooters. But it's more of a um, – it's just it's a two-gun competition. It's, it's one day, um, five stages, and we go out there and, and you know, just run and gun. So mm-hmm. to find out that somebody else was doing something like we were doing, I was intrigued. Similar, yeah. I was just like, "Oh, I need to get out there and get and get busy." So me and Preston, um, gonna talk. I guess the, the guy name is Dexter, aka Mister Tactical Snowflake. He the one that started it, but it's a whole thing about what why they call it 1663. I guess it has something to do with um, 
back in the back war. the war times and uh the black militias getting oh, together okay mm -hmm. coming together like they were one of um you know the black militias then but if you look on uh, i think it's 19 1663 uh tactical game and you go to about page hit it's a it's a just read it. It's it's real. Um, you like, dang. Okay, that's what that's what that's what's up. So it's it's very informative. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna kick it more about it. Um, hope I you know I, I explained it <laughs> the best I could for the information I got. We ready to head down there. You know, that's <laughs> what that's, that's playing. I, you know? Hey, like finishes five five six and let's run. Yeah, I told him. <laughs> I, I said I got shooters. Wheels I, up. I said I got shooters for sure. But you right. know, we run around with uh doing other stuff. <laughs> A lot of other stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I'm stuff. only good for 30 seconds. I right. can't do it all like two minutes. Right. I'm trying. I'm trying to make my way to the next X match. Right. 120 yeah, seconds that. is what we're doing. That's yeah. as much as I can go. But I'm glad that you brothers came on the show, man. Uh, I appreciate your time. Appreciate the knowledge you gave um, and everything. Like I said, the stuff with Chip. Give me your information as far as the story and, and everything you're doing, so I can post it. Sir. Uh, tape. I know you can't, you know, tape like a spy around. You can't. Right. Just, just, just right. dictate. You know what I'm saying? Wait till you retire. Just wait till you retire. I got to wait till tape retire. On the horn here. To talk right. You know what I'm saying? We were talking off the air. I was like, man, I got some questions for him. But we really couldn't get into it. Uh, but like I said, um, that's what the pop culture 2 3 about, about is to bring good brothers like these brothers that's like minded, that's in the community, that's helping brothers get better yes, from old, from young to old. And um, yes, I'm glad they showed up, you know, came on the show. And it was a good one for me because this is, like I said, this is season two. This is episode one of season two. So it was a good pop-off. What you think? Yes, sir. It was fire. Good one, man. It was fire. Okay, good so one. like I said, hey, man, the chair is always open to you guys. Um, anytime you guys you want to come back, you got something you want to get off your chest. Chip, you uh, you get to running for something else, right? You know, what I'm saying, man, we 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 doing big things. We going somewhere else. We going back to city council. There's, I mean, some things know. brewing, man. You know, we just like to get scoops around here. To God be the glory. <laughs> Whatever you put on my heart, and um, you know, I have a lot of people in the community want me to do this and do that. But you have to really wait for the time is right because right. if you don't have a team, mm -hmm. you can't do nothing. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. Yeah. You know, I still got a couple years left of. Shelf life, so Father Time yeah. ain't catching me yet. So I got some more, you got some more right. fight in you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, um, Tate, you want big Tate? You got any, any closing remarks, brother? Man, I just appreciate the opportunity, man. It's always a pleasure to sit down with brothers and you know politic and kick it and talk about issues that people don't want to touch or tackle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just appreciate the opportunity and um, you know, thanks, brother, for. For his personal invite, you know, because he pulled me in like, hey, like, I man, got I got my place. boy, man, I got my boy. You come? <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, all right, all right, that's the first time. Didn't I didn't ask him. <laughs> I didn't ask. He coming, man. He I got like, you. I'm like, pull your oh, phone up. Put this on your calendar. Wait, wait, wait. And then he called me. He was like, yes, yeah, so I got my man coming through. And then he said his boy coming. And then we started talking. I said, so wait, 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 wait. We talking about my man's. We talking about his boy. Who he talking about? What? That's how he told me. Yeah, yeah. but you. But Thank I guess you know, when people Glad watch it and yeah. see it, and, and they can like you know you got the audio, but you got the video part. Like they can hear it in your voice that y'all like you that y'all care. Y'all care. Right. Thank you, you know bro. Appreciate that. You can hear you can hear realness in real mm -hmm. people. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you definitely was showing out here. It was like, man, I don't want to cry. I, I remember I was helping these brothers, man, these young boys, and I was right. Just like, so you can hear it in your voice, man. So. I'm going to um, post it up. I'm going to send it to some, you know, if y'all got Facebook pages, just share it um, as much as you can so we can get the uh, message out there, you know, get some more things popping with Pop Culture 223. So it'll be on the YouTube channel is called Pop Culture 223. 
but it's also up on all podcast uh, platforms. Once the bear get it, you know, edited up, it's going on there. It's yes, Pop sir. Culture Two Two Three on sir. all podcasts: Spotify, iTunes, Apple, Amazon. It's it's everywhere. So it's no excuse not to listen to it. You know, Odyssey. Odyssey, so you can share with who and everybody. So Appreciate share with your family. Well, tell them to support y'all. Tell them y'all got cups and shirts and stuff. Oh, we, yeah. we, we put, we gonna push. Oh yeah. Hey brother, push hey, this. that's what I need. See, that's love. Yeah, I just made him today. But if I know, <laughs> I just made him today. But I know if I tell my auntie that Tip was out here tripping, she gonna call it. Appreciate her reaching out to me too. That's love, man. That's love. So, so that's it from Pop Culture Two Two Three, man. And, and we out of here. Oh, yeah. God bless y'all, brother.